The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. What you hear in the next hour could very well save your life. Now, here's your host, Sharon Kleina. I want to invite you to listen to the Sharon Kleina Hour, The Power of Water and Water Life Science. Several years ago, when we began this radio talk show internationally with uh, Voice America, World Talk Radio, and all of our uh, team at Apple iTunes, and we could go on and on the different ones that we air with, uh, is the pilgrimage that we're all trying to achieve is that when you participate as a listener and then you can spread the word of mouth to others to listen to the future of water life science, your health and issues around the world that affect you every day, but there's nothing that affects you more than your water. And this is why, and we'll keep reminding you, and I talk to professional people and people in the medical field and research and science, we often forget this, many of us, even those of us who are close to subject matters of health, the water content of the body. I was a guest speaker at a school, and I'll never forget at that school, and many of the places I speak, people, you could almost hear a pinfall when I begin to talk about the water content of your body. Example, the surface of your eye is 99% water. When your eyelid opens, the, water, the surface of your eye, 99% water, evaporates because the skin is not slowing that evaporation down with the eyelid. The moment you were born, you entered into the air of water vapor atmosphere that keeps you alive every day. That's your primary life is the air you're living in to breathe. And yes, breathing, oh my gosh, we've all been there. We forget to stop and take time to breathe in through the nose and out through the mouth during the day. Breathing in brings in water vapor to have a recycling of energy and electrolytic life to live with your breathing and your body and your skin and all the components of your organs of the body that are all water. But when you let it out through the mouth, that let it out through the mouth, exhale through the mouth, your toxins can get a chance to move out. So remember that breathing with the water vapor, but drinking water you know, it's not an idol. It's a serious, very serious motion, method, way to live. It's a recycling. And when you're drinking water, and hopefully safe water, 8 to 10 glasses a day, 
throughout a 24-hour period. And when you're drinking it, people forget how to drink water correctly. They think sipping it is okay. They think that maybe drinking it in tea or drinking it in juice or coffee or other ways to drink it, if there's water mixed in it, that's drinking water. No, it is not drinking water. You only drink water when you drink 100% water. And when you're drinking it, to be seriously drinking to absorb in your body and the body to make a decision to get past that mouth, that tongue. The tongue has nerve endings. You've got a saliva that's very influential to the rest of your organs. You must drink the water to absorb. In other words, one full glass at a time, eight to ten glasses a day. It's serious. You must absorb. Have you ever noticed that the rest of the planet wants to absorb? But if you want to just sip it, don't take it serious to replenishment of water. We need to know that the brain and the eyes in the womb connect at the same moment for a purpose of nature's reasons. To recycle when the eyes are absorbing water out of the water atmosphere and then the, the brain is because it's 80 to 85% water, there was a reason that nature connected those two organs together the way it did. So that if your eyes are not getting enough hydration from the moisture of the air or nature's tears, eye mist is the only supplement on the planet to be able to supplement the eyes to slow that evaporation down. The brain goes on overload if you're not supplementing enough, if you're not having enough absorption, hydration to the surface of that 99% water of the eye. So then what happens to your emotions? They go on overload because the brain is having to kick in and support the eyes and the rest of the organs, and therefore the brain is on a a path of dehydration effects, not enough water to supplement the brain to be healthy. Now, have we been thinking about less healthiness in the United States with emotions and our life and our health and our issues that are work. We've been very much caught up on wondering, oh, my gosh, what's happening to the emotions of people? Maybe it's because of the eyes. And scientists are looking at that right now. I know I have in our research with our team. Because the surface of the eye must maintain that 99% water for you to be able to maintain the brain level of the moisture level of the brain so it doesn't go on overload and deplete it and then begin to drain on all the rest of the organs, the lungs, 75 to 80% water, the heart, 75 to 80% water, blood, 50% water, your skin, 70 to 75% water, your kidneys, 80 to 85% water, teeth, 8 to 10% water, bones, 20 to 25% water, and your muscles, 70 to 75. Now, I just gave you that water table of your own body. So you're living with the water vapor in the air. What is our what is the world going through, the climate change? Climate change is water. I just wish they would tell you that. I think you're intelligent enough to understand it. I, I sometimes wonder... If the world out there thinks that people are smart enough to want to learn these things, 
and they just go around it by being maybe evading it because they don't think you'll understand it. I do, and that's why this radio talk show has been on for 10 years to tell you the story and the education and the research and get you to join the research with us, with our guests. Our guests are very knowledgeable. We've been in China. We've been in Switzerland. We've been in Holland. We've been in Canada. We've been all over with our guests throughout the world. They are very knowledgeable, and they spend a lot of commitment on their mission and their their time of day and investment in funding to be able to relate to you and I education about what they've been learning about the Earth's issues of health, your issues of health, and life on the planet with the nature of water and how we must preserve and protect the water with all costs. There's nothing to be... We cannot put it on the back burner. And have you noticed that our politicians have been? They, take, they do everything else first with your money, with the money. It's not, water should always be the primary subject of all. Nothing should be above it. Earth began with it and will finish out without it. Isn't it sad not to care about the children of our youth, our children of the future for the thousands of years to come and millions of years to come, just because we had some generations that were very greedy about how to invest our money? They didn't put water as a primary focus. For your research this week, go over to look up if you think the water crisis can't get worse Wait until the aquifers are drained. Those are the waters below the earth. Go over to search out drought in the United States or if you're in another country, search out drought in your own country. Search out emergency in different countries and different states in the United States that are not protecting the water when the rain comes down. The water is not going always where it should go because there's so much concrete pavement that the water is just flowing into whatever. It isn't absorbing into the soil. And always remember, soil is a living species. Sand is a microorganism of lifelessness. So remember, if you're living near the sand and there's too much sand, your health issues will be different than somebody living near in in the soil. Go over to, it's been raining a ton in California. Does that mean the drought is over? No, it's not going to mean the drought is over in California. Orange County in Southern California have learned how to recycle, but the rest of California has not been learning how to recycle. So therefore, I doubt if California is going to be out of problems, and they are turning into a lot of sand. Just remember that. They've got to get back to protecting their soil. And the only way you protect your soil is get those irrigation canals, the rainwaters that come down, those aquifers healthy, the atmosphere then, the water vapor will be healthy. And always remember, if there's a healthy soil and water on the surface of the planet, there will be a healthier filtering of the water vapor in the air. Today, we have Richard Lowe. Junior, he's an author, former director of computer operations at Trader Joe's here in the United States. 
He has been preparing for a book, writing books on surviving disasters and safe computing. And we'll have a lot of things to ask him, and I think it's going to be a very fascinating show. Because throughout the world, as I work with other countries with what I do, everybody's concerned about natural disasters and disasters and how you're going to be able to prepare and protect yourself and be more knowledgeable and educated about how to deal with the, uh, the problems of, of emergency, first aid, disaster. We'll listen to our sponsor first, Nature's Tears Eye Mist, the supplementation to the eyes. And those of you listening in China, be watching for Nature's Tears Eye Mist in China in the next three months. We'll listen to our sponsor, Nature's Tears Eye Mist with Just a Mist, and we'll be back with Richard Lowe. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Listening to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. If you have a question or comment, please direct your email to SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. That's SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. Richard, are you with us? I am. Well, thank you for uh, joining us today. Uh, I was going to tell our audience you've spent over 33 years in the computer and information technology industry, and uh, you decided to take a kind of a quiet time and kind of relax, and then you went over to Trader Joe's, which is well-known um, health food, I call it, uh, concern, um, but tremendous respected uh, reputation, and you've been working with them um, there for quite over 20 years, it says here. Am I right? Yeah, I worked there for 20 years, and then I semi-retired two years ago. Okay, and then you're concentrating on a, a lifelong passion and focus of writing and books, and you've decided to focus into um, emergency, in other words, surviving uh, disasters and unplanned uh, emergency situations with safe computing. So tell us, that, first of all, let's tell us, where did, where did you grow up? I grew up in San Bernardino, California, um, Went to high school in Lake Arrowhead, which is a mountain behind San Bernardino. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was a California baby. I was born in California. Mm-hmm. And so what, what 
started you in computers. You were probably at the perfect time of life, but you became fascinated with the computer age and high-tech communications. Uh, when did you get oh, the no. passion? Oh, no. It was way before that. Um, uh-huh. When I was in computers, the, when I got into it, computers were the size of a room. In fact, the first computer I was on was the size of three refrigerator boxes and two washing machines, and your digital watch has more power than those computers. Wow. Uh, and I fell, I, got, I fell into it because I needed to f- uh, fill a hole in my college schedule, and there was this thing called computers. Like, <laughs> I don't know what that is, but I'm going to take a class. Uh-huh. And before long, I fell in love with um, how to work a machine. and how to, I was kind of an introvert, so it was perfect for me. Uh-huh. And then one of my teachers started a company and hired me as his first hire. Mm-hmm. And within a year, I was the vice president of that company. Wow. How fascinating, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's just a twist of fate. Yeah. So what did you learn about, I'm gonna, before we get going, because um, uh, uh, 16 years ago, uh, I remember studying the invention of it all and the coding invention and algorithm and all. What did you learn that our audience would be find fascinating that is so... Forgot, people forget the power of that computer with your fingertips if you really understand the code and the algorithm of how you touch it. Can you, can well, you educate I, us? I started um, getting fascinated with the machine itself. So I, you, know, you have your, your level that's the code, and then you have your level below that that's the stuff that runs the code, and then you have your mm-hmm. level below that that's the stuff that runs the machine. Mm-hmm. And that's where I got fascinated by was actually making the machine do what it's supposed to do. Right. And that that was a, a special time of life. It was a lot of fun writing things to actually control right. devices and control machines. Right. Yeah, now One I studied I, that. And it is so people don't realize and I like the word you just said, the way you write it, you can control the machine. Yes, right. it responds very well to what you're doing. And one of my big right. projects after that was I actually designed and was the lead on the Las Vegas Valley Water District's um, control system and the New Haven, Connecticut water control system. Mm-hmm. So this controlled uh, thousands of sluice gates, you know, um, the meters, pumps of valves, things for all of North Las Vegas and all of New Haven, Connecticut to get water to people's homes and to businesses. Right. So how long ago was that? Because, boy, for them to think about that, that was, that was um, quite a feat because a lot of people didn't really know what that was capable of doing until not too long ago. Well, that was 25 years ago. Wow. So they probably, 25 years they probably ago they thought computers. of it. Wow. They probably switch computers by now. You're making me feel old. <laughs> <laughs> well, by the way, Richard, you be careful. Tomorrow's my birthday, and I'm 74 tomorrow. <laughs> ah, okay. So, but Richard, I, I was taught as a child, the older you get, maybe you'll get smarter. <laughs> well, that's been true with me. I definitely was dumb as a brick when I was younger, and now I'm getting smarter every day. Yeah, well, I am. I'm really working at it, Richard. <laughs> <laughs> But back to the water companies doing that, that was genius uh, to get into that that long ago. Yeah. Have you yeah, heard about the Orange County water recycling? 
can you imagine what they're doing? Uh, they now recycle all of their water throughout all of Orange County. So you can imagine that, the programs they're on. That's quite fascinating. Yeah, they've probably got some quite sophisticated computer software. Oh, yeah. yeah and Singapore. Singapore is recycling every bit of their water, too. So you can imagine Uh, what their programs are just like Orange County because when I had the head of Orange County's uh, water resource down there, he was on 60 Minutes. So I had my program person get him, and he came on the hour, and we talked about what they're doing down there. And and, and I never thought about it. What you're teaching me is the, the programming has to be unbelievably exciting. Um, yeah, it was quite fun. It's yeah. quite fun, it's, especially because back then it was very touchy. We didn't have a lot of the sophisticated software that we have nowadays. Right. So we had to be careful that, that sluice gates didn't open too far and bend mm-hmm. themselves and that pieces of metal right. didn't rip themselves out of the ground and stuff like that. Right. All on an algorithm of programming so that it all stays in tune. Yep. Yeah. That is something that I found, uh, Richard, that a lot of people don't understand that part of the, uh, what's the word, of the, of the um, nature of their computer. They just look at it like a robot. They don't look at it like what it can perform to do for you if you're in, in mentally work toward how to do that, to study that, which you had to do to be able to, to program that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the New Haven, Connecticut project was actually quite fascinating because they have a lot of snow. So the water still has to flow even if you can't talk to the computers. So the computers had to be right. smart enough to know things like, is it raining? Was it raining the last couple of years? And then try to estimate how much water to flow, even though nobody was there to tell it. So right. actually they were quite smart. So you worked on that with algorithm. Yeah. 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 In fact, yeah. did you know that there are all the top musicians today are writing every single song with an algorithm based on study that they know that when it hits the audience that it'll have an opportunity with what's happening with the algorithm of human behavior out Interesting. there. And that's why so many of these, you'll see even the movies, the movies are doing it, and uh, they can. And and if you're in marketing at all, you can kind of watch to see why did they go after that song with those words? Why did they choose that r- music arrangement of rhythm? Why did they? You go over to a movies that are popular today. Well, there's no doubt, Richard, that Star Wars was written with algorithm. Of course. They went another direction. To build, and, and, and that's why the future of the futures of, of the money to be made is uh, if you understand the algorithm and you've studied that, you'll be ahead of the game. It's true. Right. Very true. Yeah. Thank you for agreeing. <laughs> I'm not very smart. Although tomorrow, Richard, <laughs> tomorrow's my leap to one more year. <laughs> I understand. Now, surviving. You're... you're right about surviving. Um, my research center is working with countries to send our technology into their countries for also not just for everyday use, but for survival and emergency reasons, too. So tell us about what you've been doing to teach people how to survive in disasters and, 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 and prepare for safe computing. 
Well, I, I wrote my book, um, Surviving uh, Real World Survival, because I'd been in several um, disasters and looked at the way other people responded to them and was actually quite flabbergasted that people didn't have a clue what to do. They, the earth, I mean, I was in an earthquake in the 80s in Hollywood, and it wasn't a really bad one. It was 6.9, I believe, which is quite large, but not... Oh, yeah, yes, it is. <laughs> it's not large enough where it's going to take out the whole city. It caused a lot of damage, but and power went out and stuff. And my stepson and late wife had no idea what to do uh, after the earthquake. And I didn't really either, but I knew more than them, even though I wasn't trained. Mm-hmm. And then I, then I was in another earthquake, and then my sister-in-law got lost in the big... Hurricane, hurricane in New Orleans, and we lost her for two weeks. We did, you know, we were getting news stories at the time about people being cannibals and stuff, and we had no idea where she was. And it took us two weeks to track her down. And well, and I ask stu- you before you go on there, your sister-in-law who was missing, what? Why yes. did she not try to find uh, to let people know where she was at? Was she in a hospital? There was no cell. There was no phone service. There were no cell oh, phones my back gosh. in 2005, and there were no phones at all. So that there was no way for her to get notice out. She had nothing available to her. Yeah, yeah. and the member, the member, the levees broke. So oh, her I house remember was that flooded. whole day because I had we had some medical people living there that uh, were very much affected, and um, I got a hold of them immediately the next day, and they were, they were all affected, right. Yeah, and she, she, um, her house was flooded, so she, got, she had to pack in the car and run to get away from the floods. So she wasn't ready for anything. So she didn't. And then later on, mm-hmm. my parents were, had to flee because of a forest fire up in Lake Arrowhead. And they weren't ready, and they, they threw things like paintings and their, um, their pet fish in the car, and, you know, which is ridiculous, right? You're, you're fleeing a forest fire and you're, you're storing stuff that you don't need to survive in your car because you only have five minutes, maybe right. ten. Right. And so uh, in my book, I go over things like creating a bug-out bag, um, which became really important to one of my friends in San Diego just this last year. There was, I think it was San Diego. There was a large fire, and the fire department came around and said, you have five minutes, move. The wow. fire is on its way, and you're going. You know, if you stay, if you're here longer than six minutes, you're going to die. Right. And what do you? You know, you don't have. You're going to waste three minutes of that being in a panic and freezing, and then you got a couple of minutes to grab something and run. So that's what a go bag is for. It's a bag, you know, a duffel bag. That's why I was excited wheels. about this show today, uh, because I'm my whole focus and why and my many, many, many years enormous amounts of investment here financially with all of us is the emergency of water and thinking about your your life and water and your body water and getting you focused on why your body is is uh, as an organism of life and and is functioning on water and why the water you are functioning on needs the water on the planet and uh and you can see why I look at things the way I do because I notice to survive in the emergency of everyday disease is because of water loss and evaporation of body water. And, and the survival of life is people have got to learn that the most exciting part of your life would be learning how you can survive almost anything that comes to you within a, not being emotionally caught up that you've been educating yourself 
with how to compute this. Is I'm following your thinking there. But my gosh, the examples that you have uh, is so yeah. true. In fact, we're doing some business, and I won't get into who it is out there, a country. And there's a country that's really worried about their society, having come through so many natural disasters, that they want their society, their culture, to think immediately, if there's one being predicted to come, they'll be ready for it, not be emotionally caught up, but ready for it, even though it's a very serious problem, but they're ready for it. And you are right. You are right, because there's countries now thinking, we better be prepared for him, and get the emotions out of it, and then you're prepared like you're a warrior, like our troops that go to boot camp, and then once they get through boot camp, they go, go out and protect us from the dangers and the unforeseen of the world at their, at their risks. People have got to stop think, start thinking that way, Richard. You're right. Yeah, well, the whole model behind all of my books, or most of them, is don't be afraid, be prepared, and be educated. Right. So just fear tends to freeze people. It tends to, to make them not do anything. Mm-hmm. Um, don't be afraid of, of an earthquake. Don't be afraid of a hurricane. Just pre- prepare as best you can. And if you don't have a lot of money, then do what you can do without a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And be, by being ready for it, even a little bit, then that tends to shove the fear out of the way, and then you tend to have a better chance of getting through it. Mm-hmm. Of course, you know, there are, even walking across the street has risks, but you're, you're never Wait, risk-free. I want to give Both. you an example thinking there, what you just said. Have you ever noticed that people walk across the street and don't look around? Uh, yes, especially with so cell phones. They walk off cliffs. It. I saw a video of somebody walking yeah, off yeah, a cliff. But what I'm saying phone. is people have a tendency. It shocks me. Uh, that when when they go to walk off the curb or go across the street, they don't look around before they go. Yep. How do they know that somebody is maybe, um, let's say, just sneezed, and they were behind the wheel of the car, and they just sneezed, and they weren't able to be da-da? Uh, people are so strange about how they drive, how they do mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. They, they don't look around and prepare. Well, you actually segued right into the first part of my, my, surviving book, my survival book, which is you have to be, it's called situational awareness, and it's why people get mugged and why people tend to get robbed and things, is they're right. not aware of their surroundings. Right. Si- situational awareness means just be, actually just be awake as you walk and you drive and right. stuff. And look around. Look around you. Um, muggers and criminals tend to target people who are... In Yaya land, they're often they're they're not quite there. But if they see well, can you I looking tell you around one real quickly, Richard? Face, yeah, you just said one too. And do you have you ever been to New York? Uh, once. Okay. Well, when you're in New York with natives, New Yorkers, downtown Manhattan, they always teach you. First time I ever went, many 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 moons ago. Don't look around. You're be a native. Just keep your focus on what you're doing, and don't look around at the top of the buildings as if you're a tourist. Be aware of the people you're with. Mm-hmm. And then, but there, maybe we're back to that algorithm again. If you study algorithm from the beginning of Earth time, it's been going on forever. The psychic, let's call it, or this, the reactions that people have with what you just said. If you're not aware and you're maybe oblivious of what you're doing, they'll notice or psychically 
with a rhythm, understand you haven't noticed. You're caught exactly. We've exactly. got to take one break with our sponsor, and we'll come back with what you just were teaching us. Uh, we'll okay. be right back. Don't go anywhere, Richard. Uh, we'll right. listen to our sponsor, Nature's Tears Eye Mist, with just a mist, to supplement the eyes. Did you know that vision impairment is dehydration of your eyes? You must maintain 99% water at the surface of the eye. If you do not, you will have fatigue, exhaustion, out of control, emotions, stress, vision impairment will begin. And when that begins, it could it potentially even lead to blindness. That's what they have said. So Nature's Tears Eye Mist is that first-time supplement on the planet Earth to be able to supplement the atmosphere's water vapor so your eyes will be comfortable and be able to be uh, brought back to hydration balance. Well, listen to our sponsor with just a mist. It's tissue culture grade water. And we'll be right back with Richard Lowe. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You're listening to the Sharon Kleiner Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. If you have a question or comment, please direct your email to SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. That's SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. Richard, we were just talking about how people are very uh, unaware that the, save, the safety of your life is being aware and taking the moment to notice things around you. Um, so when you, when you were, have been studying all of this to write your books, you probably have really uh, been acknowledging the fact that we're too caught up in so many different distractions in our life. We're not stopping to think about what's around us enough. Exactly. Um, the first step to surviving a disaster are, is to understand where you're at. What's in your neighborhood? What's, how do you get out of your house if there's a fire? Um, are you on the third floor? Can you get out the window? Is there a chemical plant near you that you need to be worried about? Where are the underground pipes with gas in them and stuff like that? These are all, where's the mm-hmm. fire department? Where's the police department? Mm-hmm. Talk to them. These are all things that are important. And then the second step is to start to put together a plan, and you do that by discussing what, um, 
what to do and what the issues are with your family, including your children. And that's something I really stress in the book is you have to involve your children because children are smart. They love to be engaged. They might not have the best ideas in the world, but you, you can make it a game for them. Okay, if you were in school and there was an earthquake, you know, what would you do? And they're going to come up with something stupid, and then you, you guide them to come up with something more intelligent. And you'll, you'll find that by engaging your children and the rest of your family and your neighbors and make it even fun, that you will get a good plan and your children will at least have an idea what to do in an emergency or a disaster and, mm-hmm. st- and perhaps do the right thing rather than get lost or not call you or mm-hmm. go with some stranger or something like that. You have so to think now, of children are you leading as smart. Us, yeah, are you leading us to that you get this on your, um, on your um, iPhone or you've got this on your computer, you've got it in a book, how do you, you how do you teach them yeah. to have things available so that during the emotions they can they can go to something immediately discipline their focus? You drill it. You you go drill you, it. you run through it over and over and okay. over again with them. You go to their school and you walk them through what they do. Okay. You go through your parents' house and you walk them through what they do if they're there. You go mm-hmm. home if there's a fire. You actually go through the motions. There's a fire right here. What do you do? And you walk through it. You, not just your children, but your family. Okay. You drill it until it becomes second nature. Uh-huh. And then you redo that every six months. Now, are you at the age group, as I am, after World War II, in our schools, we used to have these drills. And the drills were on case there was air, air raids, uh, bombers coming over. Duck and cover, yeah. Yeah, and we were given not only fire drills, but all kinds of different ways to think. Didn't fr- we didn't get afraid. We were just being prepared. Yeah, one of the things that, that finally motivated me to write my book was in my last couple of months at Trader Joe's, we had, the fire alarm went off in, in the mm-hmm. building, and it was a drill. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, were, they, were doing, they were doing maintenance, and not a single person in the entire building even looked up from their desk to see if there was really a fire. Nobody knew that it was a drill or that it, that it was a maintenance. I was the only one who got up to look around to see what was going on. Everybody else just ignored it. It's like, dude, there's been a fire here. Now that's the problem we're running in with. You know what I call that, what's going on with our society with the last few years in our country? We're very complacent. Um, we're being very much like, uh, oh, we know everything will be taken care of or, well, whatever. They, I've noticed that, too, that people don't even blink. In fact, they're not blinking when people's heads <clears throat> are cut off. Have you ever noticed that? Yep, yep, yep. yep. What, do you, what would you, is it complacency or just trying to keep out of their minds anything that doesn't, doesn't make them feel like that's part of, you know, something they want on their life or they just move on. I don't know. Uh, what do you, what would you, what words would you? I, I think it's the somebody else's problem mentality. Okay, so if, there if you there go. Was a, if, the, if there's a fire, somebody will come around and tell me. The alarm just gets ignored because that's not a person. Exactly. That's not okay, some, there you go. Um, yeah. It's the same with computers, you know, and the same with everything else. It's somebody else's problem. Even though it's their computer or their mm-hmm. body or their car, mm-hmm. it's not their problem. Um, well, you're and right and about computers. Always, I've noticed with people with computers, the computer makes them feel powerful. 
and that they touch yeah. a key, it's going to be all the computer that's going to be doing it. They don't want to use their head with a computer. They just want it to be like a robot. Yep. You're right. Yeah, and my, and that's, my maybe that's book. what's happening to all walks of life is people are wanting something else to do it for them. Yeah, and in my, my computing book, Safe Computing, available on Amazon, by the way, um, uh-huh. <laughs> it, um, it, it talks about some simple steps that you can follow to make sure your computer is safe. And it doesn't matter whether it's an Apple computer or a Windows computer or an Android or an iPhone. Mm-hmm. Um, first thing I do is educate people on what a hacker is and what mm-hmm. he's trying to do, he or she, mm-hmm. and where they are, and then mm-hmm. work through what you can do to reduce your chances, and again, you can't eliminate them, of getting infected by something that will destroy everything on your computer. Or, I've worse gotta, yet, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. taking over your computer and using it as a weapon against somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because there's people who have that, um, what's the word I want? There's people out there in the algorithm of all kinds of behavior, and they'll find a fascination to something. They It's kind of like you saying people should be aware of when they're walking someplace of what might be going on. Well, people uh, do that also that are wicked, that are trying to go out and, and, uh, and, and don't even do it intentionally, but wickedly sense behavior that fascinates them. And uh, people yeah, don't realize... Don't- Pardon? Don't assume these people. Don't assume these people who are doing these things don't have ill intent. They are people who oh, have ill yeah. intent. They're criminals. Right. The, no, no. What I meant is, is they crim- they they start like social paths, and yeah. it wasn't so first of intent, and then they found out that it, something was interesting, and they became so fascinated with that wicked approach, or I'm calling it wicked, but that behavioral approach, then there's other people that are so oblivious that that is going on. And on the computer, they're, they're wanting the computer to be their robot, Beha- do everything I want you to do, but they don't want to understand what the behavior is that's doing it. Did you follow me? Yes, I did. Yeah. And there's a lot of truth to that. And by the way, not all hackers are criminals, but the ones who are sending out viruses and things, those are generally big-time criminals from third-world countries, not third-world right. countries, but um, Eastern European-type countries, uh, Korea, Iran, and stuff, who are you know, they're organized crime. You just got me into one, and if you don't want to get into it, you just tell me. But okay. that's what's fascinated me, what you just said, about what Hillary Clinton did to have a private server and, and not have one that was already designed by a country that is very powerfully into things. Why would a person, when they know that all the world could be hacking them, have a private one? Uh, I could only speculate as to why she did that. Um, it could be she wanted to, that she was getting not enough quick, quick enough service from her computer department, and she just wanted to make it faster. It could be... She wanted privacy. It could be she didn't want to be monitored. It could be she didn't even think about it. it because could be somebody you know, well, doesn't that fascinate you? Because we, I've got a, I'm a, heading a research center. We're the only research center like it on the planet. We have on guard of that every day. 
and work yeah. at that. And the thing is, when you think about uh, people out there um, in life, of what you're just teaching us today. Now, I'm going to go back to the survival thing, though. On the okay. computer, is there something, a program that people can pick up that are step-by-step to step so they could have a, a, a format of how to learn how to drill? Is there, well, you can is, start is with there my, a program you can start out with there? Book, obviously. And, in and your book, the other thing you can in do, your book. My, okay. book, my book goes over a lot of things that you need to do. Okay. And then the second thing, which is one of the first things my book goes over, is every single city of any size in the United States, the fire department sponsors the civilian emergency response team training courses, which are usually seven days long, three hours each, in the evenings, most of the mm-hmm. time, okay. free. You just call up your fire department and ask them when it is, or look on their website, sign up, take the course, and they will teach you everything you need to know to survive a disaster. It's very simple. Wow. Oh, okay. And I've taken them twice. They're awesome classes. I'm about to take mm-hmm. it a third time. You've you you got the fireman right there. The fire chief, sometimes even the chief comes in. Mm-hmm. And you can ask them questions like, what do I do here? Well, you do this. Mm-hmm. What about that? If you do that, you're going to die. What about, you know? Yeah. <laughs> right. Well. That's what he told me when I asked yeah. a particularly stupid question. If you do that, you're going to die. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what you have to hear. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, he was that, right. That's the other you know? thing, Richard. It's, isn't it time that they stop pandering us and pussyfooting us and patting us like, oh well, you know, you know, and try to, you know, they have to be blunt. They have to say, if you do that, you're going to die. They have to hit it right on the nose. Right. Yeah, that was in ref- that was in reference to a common myth called the triangle of life. He says, if you do the triangle of life, which is something that some very evil-minded person put out there to make some money, you will die. Yeah. Um, and you can look that up on the Internet if you want, but it's an urban myth, and don't do that. He says, get mm-hmm. under things. Don't get next to things. Get under a table, not next to a table. That's the difference between the two. Um, anyway, um, yeah, you, you, people need to tell you bluntly, you, your computer's at risk. Your life is at risk if you don't prepare for a disaster. Mm-hmm. Um, what you know? Involve your children, or they won't be ready. Um, yeah, I agree. Stop coddling people. We, uh, we aren't as we are not as fragile as as thought. <laughs> well, you know, Richard, what it is? I think they think that we're stupid. <laughs> well, they're wrong. <laughs> they're wrong. Now, one of the things I'm going to ask you: Let's say we're also connected to our iPhones. How do you? During a, a disaster, I've never asked anybody this before. Did your iPhone work? Generally, During the first thing to go out is your is your cell phones. Wow. That's because cell phones are also, they go over so many complicated paths to get to where you're going. It's very unlikely mm-hmm. in a disaster that the cell phone will still work. And, in fact, in some disasters, particularly like a terrorist attack or, um, you know, one of those shootings, the mm-hmm. police will turn off cell phones, the oh. cell phone service. Intentionally to prevent Intentionally. to prevent um, remote bomb detonation and um, right. the, the, the attackers from communicating outside. Mm-hmm. So the cell phone service you should never ever depend on that in a disaster. It might be there, but most likely it's not going to be there. Most likely it won't. But in fact, the uh, first responders are learning disconnect all cell phones immediately, just in case they, they uh, there is a, uh, they're going to be compromised. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, and then the next thing is that short 
arrange um, um, phone calls will be the next to go because everybody immediately calls in after a disaster and crashes the phone system. Oh, Long right. distance phone calls tend to work right. yeah. because nobody's calling out. So one of the plans you have in a disaster is make a long-distance phone call as soon as you have the disaster to somebody in another state mm-hmm. to tell them you're okay. And then that person then is responsible for telling everybody else you're okay. Mm-hmm. So what do you, you think about these the- radios, these little kits like these radios? They have these radios that you can get that are battery-operated or whatever. And, you know, I, I, I shouldn't tell people this. I should be embarrassed to admit this, but... We've never gotten a first aid kit like that with where it has a radio and different things that you can operate during an emergency. What do you think about those? Well, I recommend a hand-cranked radio where you crank it for a minute or two and it gives you enough power for a few minutes. Okay. And then you can listen to it. And it also has a little flashlight on it. Uh, they, they cost about 20 or 30 bucks on Amazon. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you don't need batteries at all. You just crank it for a little while and you've got some juice and you, know, you mm-hmm. listen. Uh-huh. They're one way. You only listen it's got on a them. little flashlight with it? It has a flashlight, a little light built into the front of it. Okay. And they're well, on Amazon, and they're not expensive. Mm-hmm. And now what about the kits? Um, the certain things First of water and, and, of course, certain kinds of foods. Is, is that part of your book, too? Yes. Uh, I go through all of the things about how to stock your home or apartment with two weeks of food, you want to have two weeks of food and two weeks of water for mm-hmm. each family member and anybody who's likely to be there. So I keep six five-gallon jugs of water that are delivered by, you know, Sparklets or one of those guys. Mm-hmm. And you have to rotate it because water and food has dates. So you have to make sure you right. continually eat from it. Uh, right. And then some canned foods and some, you know, granola bars and cliff bars, making sure it's stuff you're going to eat because otherwise you're going to be throwing it away mm-hmm. over time. And right. you put you get new stuff, put it in the back, pull the, pull the old stuff from the front. Mm-hmm. It's very simple to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you don't have a lot of money, you, instead of buying one can of beans, buy two mm-hmm. each payday. And then put, the, put mm-hmm. the extra there and you'll build up it over time. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I go over all of the stuff if, you're, if, if you have to um, survive in your home or if you have to leave in a hurry. So there are two different scenarios. I also go over a third scenario, which is how do you, if you're going hiking. And if you, mm-hmm. or you're going on a trip, and if there's a problem mm-hmm. on the trip, mm-hmm. how do you prepare for that? Because I had one of those, too. It's gone over in the book. It was quite interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, it, it, it can be an adventure if people look at it that way. Uh, first response of any kind or uh, survival of any kind should be a primary focus when children are being uh, raised as a child for families to teach them to be aware and to be aware and not only how they eat and, and they go to the bathroom and they drink plenty of water and this should be part of the whole childhood training. Yeah, have you yes. thought about starting a business to take it to all the schools, Richard? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's an interesting thought and I hadn't thought about it, but now that you mention it, it would be useful. Um, I could get you going on making sure they drink a lot of water. Now, when I've been asked to speak at schools and different groups, you could hear a pinfall because people don't realize that the body is made up of water, recycling with the water of the atmosphere, and why you need to drink water for survival. And people forget that that isn't just bluntly the way, you know, it is the fact of all disease and illness. 
and they're looking at you like, nobody's ever told me that before. <laughs> well, let me, let me ask you a question, and, and then I'll answer it for you. Uh, there's an earthquake or a hurricane right now. Your house is without water, so the water's shut off, the sewers are shut off, the power's shut off, and there's no phones. How do you drink? Where's the water come from? Well, thank God, bottled water. You've got bottled water, and one of the first things that you want to do after the disaster is go to your hot water heater. It has a little tap in the bottom of it, and you, you've got 40, 30 to 50 gallons of water in there that's drinkable because it's in oh. the shower. It's in the oh. Pipe. That's your most immediate, easiest oh my gosh, water yes. supply after bottles. The next thing is ice from your refrigerator, from your freezer. You can take it out and put it in mm-hmm. um, jugs and let it melt, mm-hmm. and you can drink that, mm-hmm. unless it's dirty or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you've got the water inside your pipes that's still in your pipes. You can drain that into um, jugs and things and get a few gallons that way. Well, I think so the water, actually, water feeder is just amazing. I never thought about it. My husband might have, but... <laughs> There's a little tap at the bottom. It, it, you mm-hmm. just make sure, of course, that the gas is off and things, and you can Okay, we only have a minute left. Uh, is there anything you would like to say to the audience, how to go to your website, how to find your books? Okay, my, uh, the first website is realworldsurvival.com, and the second one is um, uh, leavemycomputeralone.com. <laughs> and you can just go to Amazon.com and you look for Richard Lowe Jr. and you'll find mm-hmm. my books. And you can they're all available on Kindle for a couple of dollars and you can buy them. All right. Well, I enjoyed every minute of this. You're very good at this. And well, I you. wish you well with your books. And, um, and um, you might anytime. even get a call from me in between here because I'm curious on some other things. So, again, I really appreciate you coming on today. I wish you a very happy new year too, by the way. Thank you. My pleasure. And you too. You be well. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Did I ever enjoy that today? It's so true. You know, I can have this mission of being behind water and making sure that we all are reminded every day about the water, the water, and water life science and why the planet will non-exist. It won't be here if we don't focus on water. But each person has to be taught from childhood, from birth, how to survive. The word survive. How to think. How to be aware. And your, your thoughts are so important with your everyday life. It's even getting behind the wheel of a car. Is you, how you focus and you're not so distracted that you're going to be safe. But you're, if you're safe, somebody else will be safe. And that when you're walking down the street... Look around. Don't, you know, I even do it going to the post office. I go to the bank that way. Um, I'm always aware of what's going on around me, going through the airport terminals, going through a building, everyday life, just being aware of life around you. And when you're aware and something should happen, you'll be emotionally prepared somewhat. But if you're not going to think that way, you're going to be caught off guard, and maybe your life will be lost, but maybe you've lost somebody else's life, too, because you weren't aware. So there's a way to pay it forward and think about what's best for all. But remember, water is our number one issue of life for the planet. Number two is how you're breathing it. I should say, number one, you need to breathe correctly. Number two, you need to drink adequate water. 
three, you need to watch your diet. Your nutrition is vital. I've had people say, oh, I have a pain. Well, they have proven with physicians and research that if you eat the proper food and you change your own diet, which is your freedom to do, you might get rid of the pain. Uh, Exercise is very important. Moderate exercise and sleeping is rejuvenation to the body. The body gets a chance to recycle and rejuvenate and rebuild itself useful again. So remember all that. We're living on a planet Earth with the solar system, and it's really kind of fun. We have all of these holidays and occasions, and guess what? A new year, every year to think. I want to thank you for listening today. I really appreciate it. have Richard Lowe on. All of our guests are very special people. But embrace your life. Embrace somebody else's life. But Earth whispers. Don't say goodbye. It's a special gift. Always think about somebody else's life and leave something behind for all those beautiful children for millions of years to come to know you cared. It's a life on the planet Earth. It's so special. I want to thank you for listening. You be well and have a nice day. Thank you for listening. Join us next week for another edition of the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel with an encore Wednesdays at 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Remember to visit Sharon's website at SharonKleinaHour.com.